Thanks for listening to Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm co-owner of Stanfield Hunting Outfitters with my brother Tony. We'd like to invite everybody to come out and see us in Knox City, Texas. Look us up on the internet at www.stanfieldhunting.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. We've got some specials on some dove hunt coming up in September. We can take care of you on a dove-hog combo. We can do a dove-pheasant combo. We can do a dove-goose combo. Anyway, if you want to kill some pheasants, you want to kill some doves, ducks, geese, deer, it doesn't matter. We can put you on anything you want to be put on. Holler us at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. That's www.stanfieldhunting.com, 940-658-3172. And we are proud sponsors of the Big Honker Podcast. Hey, guys. Zach Shaver here, head guide for Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you're in the market for a duck or goose call, I recommend going down to 737 Duck Calls right now and picking you one up. I used them all last winter, and I highly recommend them. The 737 Nitro is the call to put the geese down. If you're not into goose hunting, they got duck calls too. Single reed, double reed, acrylic, wood, you name it, they got it. Get down there today and pick you one up. Look them up on Instagram at 737DuckCalls. Look on their website at www.737DuckCalls.com. Or look them up on Facebook at 737 Duck Calls. This is Jeff Stanfield with Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. You ever have a day where your wife's on your rear end or your girlfriend? You need to impress her, make her a little happier? Well, take her a bottle of William Chris wine. Where are the Sway Rose? The Sway Rose can be found at Bucky's, HEB, Central Market, and Whole Foods. So when you do that stupid thing and you need to impress your wife, some roses and a bottle of William Chris wines. That's William Chris Vineyards, and that's in High Texas. Texas wine, folks. William Chris Vineyards in High Texas, and that's at WilliamChrisVineyards.com. Hey, boys and girls, Andy Shaver here, and thank you so much for listening to the Big Honker Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Dive Bomb is the leader in silhouette manufacturing in the decoy market today. They have goose, duck, and crane silhouettes. Basically anything, if you're hunting them, they got a decoy for you. These decoys can handle anything that you throw at them. We hunt with them seven days a week, and they handle the muck and the mud and the rain and the snow. Blake and Zach not stacking the trailer right. You know, whatever the situation is, Dive Bomb can handle it. And for listeners of this podcast, Dive Bomb is going to give you 10% off of your next purchase by using the promo code BIGHONKER at checkout. So go to DiveBombIndustries.com. Get whatever you're going to need for the upcoming season because, let's face it, it's coming and it's coming in a hurry. Get what you're going to need, fill up that shopping cart, use the promo code BIGHONKER at checkout, and you can save yourself some money. It's what we use. Get the ones with the flocked heads, and you will not regret it. That's DiveBombIndustries.com, promo code BIGHONKER, all lowercase. Anyway... Please be sure and subscribe if you're listening to it on iTunes. Just click that little subscribe button and then like magic goes to your phone whenever we release a new episode. Right now we are releasing three a week, so you don't want to miss it. Go to iTunes and be sure that you have subscribed. Anyway, on this episode of the podcast, we have my peckerhead brother, Zach Shaver, back in the studio with us. And we talk a little bit of sibling rivalry. And uh, there's also a special bonus guest appearance by Jeff's brother, Tony Stanfield. He sits in with us, and we go over some of our more monumental arguments in the goose spread and kind of air a little bit of dirty laundry in this one. It's a little bit painful, but I think we came out better siblings on the other end of it. Also, disclaimer, 
I was making a joke about some uh, recreational drug use. I do not condone the... <laughs> it's fucking crazy I'm having to even say this. I do not condone the use of methamphetamines or anything else. It was simply a joke that I made, and I did not clarify it in the uh, podcast. So uh, <laughs> listen for that. But like I said, I'm spelling it out for all you freaking snowflakes. No, you don't have to smoke meth to kill birds. All right, it's just a joke. Have a little bit of a sense of humor. But anyway, in the post-edit, I realized that I did not clarify myself and come back and say, hey, kids, don't do drugs. So this is me saying, hey, kids, don't do drugs. But do enjoy the Big Honker Podcast. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And I'm Andy Shaver. Boom. And we're at Studio A at the Big Honker Lodge. And we have two special guests with us today. We have Zach Shaver. You want to say hi, Zach? Hello, everybody. And we have Tony Stanfield. Hello, everyone. Tony is my brother. Zach's Andy's brother. So we're going to talk a little sibling rivalry today. And we're going to discuss some different things in the waterfowl, in our waterfowl family, because that's basically what we are. We are a waterfowl family. Now... Zachary, during the 737 duck call commercial, you called yourself the head guide. Would you call yourself the head guide because you're the better hunter or because you've been hunting longer than Andy or guiding longer than Andy? We, we got about equal time guiding, but I'm just a better all-around all around hunter. You've seen the commercials where Trump's like, fake news? Zach is fake news. That is the most fake news I've heard. So... Which one of you was the first one to probably kill a limit of birds? Me. me. By myself, me. By myself, me. We have no way the to The fucking numbers this. are just there. I'm five years older than him. It doesn't matter. How does it not matter? Now, Zach shot a limit of birds when he was four years old with a single shot. I didn't know that for a fact. That's factual. With okay. a four, four what ten does, single what, shot. What does that matter? There are not very many five-year-old kids shooting a limit of birds by themselves, goose hunting. That was the question: Is who shot a limit of birds first? It didn't, we didn't say how. You know, we, I thought we you were talking about. <clears throat> I thought you were talking about guiding your clients to a limit of birds. Well, you got to guide a little bit earlier because you're a little older. That's what I'm saying that's why but, it's me. But Zach shot a limit of birds before you did. Hmm. Don't you think? No. Tony was there. He can. He can attest. All I can say is they are both excellent hunters. But I would say Zach's probably got a little more common sense than Andy. Andy's good everywhere else, but Zach's probably wins on the common sense factor. Who's been stuck more? Zach. <laughs> I didn't get stuck once last season. When did I? I don't remember you ever being stuck. Me either. I do remember that, I, well, I didn't remember this, but I found this later this year that we, we've done a video last year that's going to be coming out, and we'll, we'll, we will be discussing that in the next couple of weeks on another podcast, but someone lost a blind last year. But that, I found it. That would be Zach. <laughs> but I found it. Still lost it. I didn't lose it. 
It just blew out of the pickup. You got to where we were going, and there was no blind. I found it, though. So can something really be lost if you just go find it? Yes. I just misplaced it. Andy is definitely the more responsible brother. I'll give him that. And the better athlete. <laughs> not that. that. There's not a chance that he's a better athlete. Andy was a three-year starting quarterback <laughs> in high school on <laughs> varsity football. There's not a lot of guys say that. Harder worker, maybe, but natural athlete, definitely me. So if you'd have had Andy's work ethic, you could have excelled more better? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, y'all did race a couple of years ago. Yeah. Who won that, Andy? You were 19. <laughs> I was a smoker. He was 19. He was two years ago. No, it wasn't. Smoked a pack a day, bub. You've given up cigarettes, right? I've given them up. Is it hard to blow us a call with smoke if you smoke cigarettes? No. I think – I did not tell you this season, Andy, that I could I could call better when I smoked. Uh, I don't remember I that. I think I said something like that. Or I could call longer. Opened your lungs up or something? Yeah. Do you find a lot of customers that smoke anymore? Really, no. Mm-mm. Andy's over there on his phone. Are you going to pay attention to us here, or are you going to just kind of tune what? us out? Coming over. Andy, the question was, do you do you have very many clients that smoke? Yes. Like freight what? trains. Still? Yep. <clears throat> All the time. About four a day. <laughs> what the hell are you talking <laughs> You're about? You're full of it. I do. You Every have four group. clients a group that Every, smoke. Yep. That's horseshit. Bullshit. There. I say horseshit on that, too. Okay. Pipes. I, I agree with Andy because a lot of the layup lines in the morning that look like chimneys from their smoking. Pipes, cigars, cigarettes, weed, you name it. <laughs> what the fuck? What are you talking about? Marijuana, meth. They smoke it all out there. Oh, you're so full of shit. Now, see, for the non-hunter here, he's like, what is going on with these guys? And we do have some non-hunters because some of our guests have been things besides hunters, so they're just listening. Okay. I had a message from a guy the other day, and he goes, I listened to y'all's podcast. He goes, I absolutely know nothing about hunting, and I'm really lost. He said, by about the fifth podcast episode, he goes, I'm starting to kind of figure out some of this stuff. So now there's going to be guys starting guide services up who have never hunted, but just listen to podcasts. Well, and think that they have to smoke meth to succeed. Yes. I could go somewhere with that, but I'm not going to. There's a, uh, there's a gentleman out there. We're not going to mention any names. No, but he, he specializes in uh, snow goose hunts. Here we go again that, down that, that rabbit hole. Loves the meth. Well, I think that – do you think that's factual or just a myth? Uh, I mean, I I don't hunt with him, so I don't see him do it, but – He's in a bit of trouble, isn't he? We're not, yeah. we're not narrowing we're not it down any names. further than that. You know, there, ha- there has been a trend in the waterfowl business – Of meth? With, with, no, of with some uh, – people that were well established having some issues with some narca- narcotics and I, well, I guess it's assume it's that way in every business but there has been yeah. that has been more and more happy. lots of call makers love the math that's what i've heard they don't have any trouble getting up early in the mornings nope so i don't even know where we've con- come from we went we're from talking trouble. about math we went from sibling rivalry to meth here now <laughs> Let's let's talk a little bit of waterfowl or some hunting deals, okay? Now, Zachary, mm-hmm. you are pro staffer for seven thirty-seven duck calls. That is correct. You are a state champion youth caller. Yes, correct. Yep. And uh, Eric Guggenheim, who was on last week, he actually judged that contest. 
Oh, yes, I caught a lot of shit over that because you beat another kid whose daddy thought he was supposed to win. Well, you know, I was just better. You were a lot better caller than he was. It was a blind judge. So Yes, but... No, well, he wasn't. He fucking no, he, watched you two no, blow, the, co- blow no, he the contest. Didn't. He was the only judge there. It was a blind judging, people. He Andy, was not. Andy doesn't know he was the MC about. and the judge. <laughs> I don't remember it like I think, that. I think that's exactly that right. That is exactly how it was. But you were obviously the better I, I was caller. better. Yes, you were. I will give you that. Doesn't matter, Andy. I still won. I thought you lost. When they said your name, I was shocked. <laughs> He's just going to rip on you the whole time. I, I guess that's what this is. Get, okay. a few, get a few Coors Lattes down him, and he just gets bulletproof. How many titles do you have, Andy? Three. So, you, Andy's the better goose caller. By a slim margin. By a slim margin. And Zachary is by far the better duck caller, right? Leaps and bounds better. Once again. Hashtag fake news. I guess this is just going to be pick on Andy Day. No, I guess, I'm, I'm I guess that's what questions. it's going to be. Tony's taking up for you. He asked you how many titles you had. I said, said you were the better goose caller. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Are we going to get our feelings hurt now? No. Now you guys hunt a lot together, and a lot of people don't understand. We or, hunt too much together. But as a See, family, here he goes again with this. As a family, this is a family business, and we are we run a lot of hunters, and the boys work, hunt together a lot, and they hunt opposite of each other a lot, and they argue and they disagree like all brothers do. But it's a special bond. Not a lot of brothers get to do this. And like me and Tony, we've got to start this business and be in it for a long time together. And we have our differences. We'll argue about everything uh, every day. Do you think that you could hunt with someone better than your own brother, though? Honestly. You can take this one first. No, go ahead. I would say no because you can, you can, uh, you can say what you're truly feeling without, you know um, – you hunt with other people and, you know, you might not know what boundary you can push. Like, uh, you know, if I think something's fucked up with the decoy spread, I can tell Zach. I can give him my honest opinion. Where you're hunting with a buddy and maybe, you know, this is just your first or second year hunting together. If you think something is wrong with something that he did, you might not address it in the way that, you know, me and Zach are just comfortable. If it, you know, there's times in the blind where uh, – I might be a little bit too aggressive on the calling, and he'd be like, hey, let's let's try to take it down a notch and see if that works. Or if I put a family group out 200 yards and the birds are hanging up on it, Zach might be, hey, let's pull that and see what that does. Where if you're new to a group, if you're new uh, hunting with somebody, you might not have that, that level of, of comfort you, with you them. You don't want to step on any toes. Right. And, I mean, you know, this is a – it's kind of an ego-driven sport, and um, feelings do get hurt. Uh, if, if, you know, you're like, oh, you ignorant son of a bitch, you, you should have known uh, birds were going to come that way and hang up on whatever you put out there. Feelings can get hurt or, hey, put your, duck, put your call down. That's one of the biggest things. Like oh. Hey, put your call down. That, that'll, that's almost guaranteed to fight. How, but, do you, how do you tell a client that, Andy? Uh, hey, why don't you do the low end, bub? <laughs> that, is, that, but that is a problem y'all deal with a lot is, yeah, is customers blow a call that have no business blowing a call. Or they do it at the inopportune time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, hey, um, we're going to try to soften things up a little bit. Why don't you just kind of do some clucks and some moans or something like that? Don't, isn't there usually a guy in the group, though, that's like, hey, tell that son bitch to put his own call up. We don't yeah. need him calling. Yeah. Most of the time, especially, you, you know, the group comes in, they have a guy who's not very good at calling. And obviously, you know, when you get around us, you can tell, hey, we're pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's not very good. So usually the head guy 
will be like, hey, you know, you can tell that guy to shut up. But then it's like, I'm not going to tell him that. You tell him. You're the that, one that brought that's the guy. That's your buddy. <laughs> and for those of you, before you fact check me, I've got one uh, one title in the in the goose calling world. I, there's already fact checkers out there when I said three. I've only got one. I'm tied with Zach. But I did mine in the in the big big boy league with more uh, than, with more than two people. I, I will give I will give you that. Andy, now, Andy, no, uh, hold I, on. We're going to go back to this. I want. Well, I was going to go back to what we were discussing. Okay, about that's what I was. Down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I do believe the last last time we hunted together this season, I called you a nerve wracking son of a bitch, and you got all in your feels about that one. It hurt. You were, you were hung up on that for quite a while. You may still be hung up on it. It hurt a little bit. Was this when you come to the lodge and you were moping around in Oklahoma because Zach and y'all had, had a bad? What? No, let's, let's that, set was, that, that was a stressful hunt. Let, that let, last let's, let's 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 set this up for people back home, and and let's talk about it. So tell everybody what happened here now. We doubled up groups, okay, and, and hunting had been tough anyway. Birds were getting thin. It was one of the, it was like January twentieth or twenty fifth, somewhere somewhere in that. It was hot time Birds frame, even, and. Uh, the wind, we hunted it. We found a new field that we had never hunted before. And the Zach w- found it. Zach found it. And uh, the wind was not right for the only place in the field for us to hide. I think we had, what, 15 or 20 people out there that day? <sighs> I think there was 15. I think 15. So we've got well, a big we've got a big that the wind was wrong. There was just no wind. So we've got a big group for uh, for the way that we're going to hunt. We're going to hunt an edge row in the A-frames, and we've got a bunch of people, and... The only edge row is for a west wind. And kind of like Zach was saying, there was no wind that day. And the birds came, if I'm not mistaken, the birds came from a different uh, different pond, different lake that day. So we set up our, we set up our decoy spread thinking the birds were going to come from our face. They ended up coming off of our left shoulder. And they just they set up all kinds of funky they worked the top of us real hard that day. They worked the top of us. They could see in the blind. I mean, it was just all around. It was not. The sun was in our face. And, and that was one of those days, people, no wind. Like I said, we're hunting We're hunting an A-frame blind, so the birds get on top of you. They, I mean, they're going to be looking down. They're trying to find the call. So on a day like that, whenever you don't have any wind to carry your call, once they get close, just back off of them. And that's what we ended up having to do. And it, it, it helped some. I mean, we started finishing some birds. You know, we'd get them committed. And then we'd just back off of them on the call, you know, clucks and moans to, I mean, no calling at all. And that, that was a day that, that flagging was really crucial for us. This was one of those days where um, you're already tired. You're at the end of the season. You can see the, you can see the finish line. And uh, it just, like Zach said, uh, less calling was more that day. And what was particularly frustrating from what I remember was these birds had not been touched. So we set up thinking that the birds are going to see our spread and they're just going to throw their panties down and give her up. And that was far from the case. Mm-hmm. And it just, Zach had his idea what thought, what, of what he thought was going to work. I had my ideas. Blake probably had his because Blake was there. But, but you and I were going We're not fucking listening <laughs> to Blake because me and Zach are too busy. Going at it. Going at it. So... There were a lot of motherfuckers that day at, at each other, I think. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> that we had some clients in our blind and they kept looking at us like, "Holy yeah. crap." But if if people didn't know that which we look almost identical, but if people didn't know that we were brothers, I could see where it would be uncomfortable. But w- at the end of the day, we we had the same goal in mind. We wanted to kill birds and we wanted 
we both wanted to put on a show, okay? That's all it is. I mean, we're so passionate about this. That's why we get upset when things aren't, aren't and working. When, and when we know that the end is coming, okay, this is what we live for all year long, okay? And now the end all of a sudden is coming. And now we've got this hot field. We've got a field that birds have been sitting in three to five days. We want to put on a show for the clients. And that was what was driving both of us, but we just had kind of different ways of, of thinking about it. But, I mean, it just it is what it is. There's, there's no ill feelings. We still had a decent shoot. It was just not yeah. – didn't live up to our expectations. I think we killed like 40 or so. I think we killed more than that. We, 40 or 50. We counted them. We counted them at the end. And we were like, holy we crap. Like, holy shit, this was a really good yeah, hunt. But it was Why the hell stressful. did we argue like that? It just wasn't what it didn't live up to our expectations. I guess no, the expectations were high that day, and that's what was just so frustrating. And, and you, you know what's funny about that is, is that when, when you're brothers, you can have those oh shit moments with each other and get at each other's throats and stuff. But when you get back in the truck, it's it's a forgotten deal. But if it's not someone that's a brother or a very 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 close friend, there are some feelings hurt. Yeah, yeah I mean, love if, if if. If two guys that have been hunting together for two or three years went through what Zach and I did that day, you're not you're not hunting again, ever. And that's not y'all's. We got nasty. And that's not the only time. We got flat nasty with one another. And that's not the only time in a year that it will happen. No, but I mean the the same the the same driving forces behind each argument. That's right. But I mean that was just one of those deals. A lot of pent up frustration. Hunting had gotten tough. Birds were were spotty. We were having to travel quite a bit to find birds, which meant. Less sleep. Less sleep. And it just... <laughs> and then the hunt didn't go as expected, so we just blew up. Every, every... Yeah. You know, one time... And I... And usually Jeff gets texts from each of us, too. We'll be bickering in the blind and then texting Jeff, well, fucking Andy won't do this, or fucking Zach's doing this, you know? And I usually stay out of it, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, I let them work out their own problems. If I have to get in, it's because I think the customers are getting having to listen to it, and that's what I don't like because – The customers had to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> You're in the blind Because with me and Tony have had some knockdown drag outs, and we don't as much anymore. We still disagree on some stuff because there's a right way, a wrong way to do shit, and there's a Tony's way and my dad's way of doing shit, so you can't tell either one of me thing. But I remember a long, long time ago, we and Tony were at the old lodge, and we were just screaming at each other. This guy walks in, and we stop customers there we don't argue in front of him so as he walks out we go right at it again but we're italians we're loud we, we and that's the way we communicate but, but there's, there's no door for me and zach to go behind no no i understand that and we've had some moments like that i mean we have i mean that's that's part of being a brother do you, do you agree tony yes i do i want to go back to the, the the talking about the guides out in the field whenever there's two guides hunting together and you got clients the best thing to do is to have one of them be in charge and ask the other person to ask him what to do. That way you don't get into these arguments. I do that every morning that I'm hunting with Andy or Zach. I say, okay, what do you want to do? You put your spread out, and then I'll just go in, and I'll just fill in and kind of take care of the blinds or vice versa because you're always better to have um, one chief. One chief, yep. There you go. Well, who is the chief when y'all hunt together? <laughs> well, me and Andy, we don't ever work that out with one another. <laughs> we, we usually, kinda, usually we just usually everything just jives good. But. Zigs and zags, and we – shoot our birds and we go home but that day it's just it's a different day just a different day you know i i've noticed well it's hard for people that don't guide to understand that the the grind that it takes on you and you're and people out there that don't guide are like well, shit i wish i had that problem because i'd like to guide myself 
and it is, it's a great thing. But when you do it seven days a week and you're on day number 20 or 25 without a day off and things are going great, 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 and it gets tough, or even if things are going great every day, there's certain things that you're, you're, you just get you're tired and stuff but it'd be like going to work and having to work a saturday and a sunday after you've worked all week long and somebody's on your ass or things aren't going the way it is it gets frustrating and you just get frustrated out there and like you said you don't have a wall to go behind you're right in the field with people and there's no way to hide and And then whenever we go home we're living in the same same quarters with one another i mean we're living in a barn out up there people and we got we've got we've got we've got the a-frames so there really is no there is there is nowhere for either of us for one of us to go because we're shoulder to shoulder sitting on a bucket so it's like i mean literally you're in an argument with somebody and his shoulder is touching yours there's nowhere so even if we had been hunting in different ground blinds that day we would have at least had our space to kind of cool off but it was just he was breathing on me i was breathing on him and it looking back it was something that we probably you know it it is what it is um Thank God! Thank God they were some of our good clients because yeah, they're regulars. They're regulars, so they didn't pay probably pay much attention to it because they know. Well, I, th- I think that they all knew that we were trying, and that's another thing that I was gonna that I was gonna talk about. You know, when you were talking about you and Tony having a difference, you can have a thirty minute conversation and get to the bottom of it. I've got fifteen guys looking at me and Zach wanting a fucking answer now on why these birds aren't doing what they're doing. No, I've been there before. There's nothing worse than wanting to have a a, a to disagree on something and try to change something with people standing there where you can't do it. So I've got a flock of geese that just flared off of us because they peeked into the blind, and I've got another group group of geese a mile out coming. You got 45 seconds to figure out what figure you're going to do. Figure it out what it is, yeah. And if you don't you come to that, if you don't come to that consensus, looking at you wanting answers. Exactly, yeah. and you got about 45 seconds before that flock's going to be here. So do something. Do you, do, you, do you think of being a sibling rivalry that you you argue more than you would with other guys? Do you think that if 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 it's a situation Probably. when you and Dane hunted together, Andy a lot, Dane Romel, God with y'all, y'all would disagree a little bit, but probably wasn't as passionate as you and Andy's are because some you and Zach's are because y'all probably gave in a little bit more, or you would not one of you would not probably push it as hard. It just depends. I can get a little pissy. Andy can get real pissy. Wasn't there a morning this year that um, Andy got real pissy and he went and parked before the decoys were set up and got back to the spread? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a whole other. Day yeah, here. he's he's got his twat all bunched up over. <laughs> Zach, well, it's Zach how said slow I was he late is. all the time. Backstory on this. Okay, we we set up in the morning, and you know we use our headlights to to light up the field where we're, where we're going to set up at, and uh, we set the spread. You know, get guys out this that and everything. Well, we're trying to get out of the field. Go and park, and it's daylight. I mean, birds are flying. They're coming. And Andy's over here putting his bibs on, making coffee, you know, in his thermos, making a cup of coffee, trying to wrangle his dog in, putting his calls on. And we got birds working us, and I'm just like, what the hell, dude? Here comes the part with Andy's not responsible for just himself. I'm like, get down, you know? So, and this wasn't just a one day thing. This had just been this had been happening. I'd already th- I'd already walked out. The truck wasn't still there. Yeah, the, the truck was parked, but you're just over here oh, dicking okay. around, <laughs> not getting not getting in your hole. And we got birds working us. Listen, and I and and, and, no, you and no, yours. let me finish. And I made mention of this to him. Now I think I told Jeff, and Jeff told Andy that hey, you need to start speeding up in the morning because Jeff watches us. He's there at first light with binoculars. He can see what's going on too. 
And he's always like, what the hell is going on? Why is Andy standing up? Or why is this dickhead standing up? He didn't know it's Andy at this time, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, so so I said something, and Andy ended up getting hurt. Well, the next day, it was it was Andy, Blake, and myself were hunting. No, and Fox was with us. And Okay, and Fox, so that's correct, yes. Poppy wasn't here yet. No, no, it was. I knew there was three of us. Yeah, it was Fox. So we're digging, and, and it's probably, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes till we normally go park. Fucking Andy just takes off. And goes and parks his pickup and leaves the rest of it. We're still trying to finish putting the spread out. I was done. I, I, he was just being a little tip no, bag no, about it. No, the, the spread was out. No, Fox and I were still digging our holes oh, and you just left. Goes. No, that is not true. Well, Zach, he does That's the same shit. True. He does the same shit in Texas, too. Our birds just don't fly as early here. We, we, no, this was in Texas. Fox was here. We were digging. I remember this it day. It was at the piss field. Andy was going to show us all. He got all mad. Yeah, he he I said, did. "Well, I'll I show you." And I, so he just left us high and dry. I got my shit so, done. So then I got to go. Went. I got to park customers. Andy's walking back to Lou. I got to park customers. Bring them back. I'm still trying to finish my hole. I think Fox ended up finishing my hole for me, so I could go park everybody. You shouldn't have been. Like I drove that. you to the you field. You were mad or hell. It, it was just a real, real tit for tat retaliation by you. <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> have been late that day. No. I was on time that day. I can't help that you were. That so was the only day of the whole season. Okay, so here's here is my side of it. I'm the only one out here that is not just responsible for myself. Here we go. I've got a dog. I've got clients. But no, Zach he, has clients. Okay, here here's what the real deal is. All right. And this, I, no, I don't want this to sound bad, and it's probably going to mo- to most listeners. We've got so many birds here that I'm not worried about the first two groups because I know we're going to catch them. I'm and especially to shoot them and get out of there. And especially that time of year, we had mostly specs, okay? The early the, the first groups in the morning are going to be specs. Well, I already know we're going to shoot our specs, okay? So I'm not going to bust ass and get into the hole out of breath because I rushed and put my bibs on and all the and I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off and then I can't then I jump in my call. Then I jump in my blind out of breath, and I can't call. I'm no good to anybody. Then when I know we're going to get our specs anyway. So instead of just being five minutes earlier, that's this is the answer. I miss I miss a flock or two of specs, and we go on about our day, and we shoot our specs, and it's no big deal. I mean, I've I've had days where I've had to jump down in my blind, no bibs on, and you feel you feel so rushed. Off, and before I shoot, you know, we may shoot in two or three flocks before I finally get a break and be like, okay, I can finally get my bibs on. If that's what it takes. Because I don't what what really grinds me is whenever I've got ten or twelve customers looking back at me saying, "Why aren't you calling? Why aren't we shooting? Why aren't we doing this?" Because I'm and getting I'm ready. trying to get ready. No, give the customer what they want. Get in the damn hole. Do what you got to do. When you get when you get a break, then you can then you can tend to your business. Coffee can wait. It's all in the eyes of the clients. You look customers good. I'm right. not going to be any good to my clients if I don't look good and feel good. See, folks, this is where we do. Andy is never wrong. He's just like his mom. Never wrong. So instead of justifying and saying, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little little cherry on this little Sunday here. After this all happened and after Andy's twat fest day, after that we got back to a normal schedule and we didn't have a problem. Andy was on time most of the time. Andy's like my dad, slow. I got a lot of shit to tend to. I'm gonna make sure everything is where it needs to be before I ever pick up a call. But so, folks, this is what I wanted people to understand is is that we. When you have a pro staff and you and you got multiple guides, you got different personalities and people do everything ever. Everybody does everything different, but you got to work together. And it's a lot different when you're hunting just with you and your buddies as opposed to any time you hunt. There's multiple guides. There's a lot more goes into it. Now I can already tell. Oh, fucking Andy. 
I'm not saying that. No, 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 but that's that's my rationale is what? I don't want to sound condescending, but we got a fuck ton of birds here and I know we're gonna get our specs. So I'm gonna miss the ten specs that fly by at first light so I can get get them on the ground. Well, maybe Andy should wake up fifteen minutes earlier. Well, could be that. He first of all, y'all aren't gonna get it that he's gonna do that, are they, Andy? No. That's not gonna happen. So let's talk about this now. It's silly. How do y'all decide? Because sometimes I know y'all di- y'all differ on decoys. I hear you. I, we have a guide meeting and we talk about everything when hunt <laughs> goes. We're first of all for everybody out there. We're a very organized operation. This is just the back stuff that every hunting outfitter goes through that you don't know nothing about. Every outfitter does it, and I'm sure fishing outfitters go through the same no, shit. I've heard. I've heard uh, our our buddy Fox hunted with some of his friends uh, early season one year, and that's he said that's exactly how it was. Was it disagreement on everything? Disagreements, and one guy was wanting to run the show, and it's that way everywhere. I've always said that, you know, we need to have one person run the show, regardless who it is, and and it works out good. Nick take turns doing it. Now, when when you get – the night before, we decide where we're going to hunt at. Usually we have scouted, and we disagree sometimes on equipment. How how do we – Well, well, it does happen sometimes. Who decides – how do y'all break down what decoys you want to wear or what spread? Because y'all run different spreads sometimes. Are you talking about equipment or are you talking I'm just about... talking de- spreads, not actual kind of decoys. I'm just talking about who makes a decision on what spread you're going to run. Whoever... Listen, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, okay? So it's just whoever pleads their case good enough. There's been times where... Um, there's been times that we've got, say, a quartering wind. So it's it's a southwest wind, let's say. And we're facing straight north, and I want to run my right wing. I want to run it straight out, okay, so that I got kind of what looks like a Nike swoosh. And then there's, you know, so that's what I want to do that morning. And then Zach comes along and says, no, just don't even worry about running that out. Let's just nub it off at, at, you know, right there. Instead of running it another 50 or 100 yards, just stop right there, and that'll be it. And it's just whoever can plead their case the best. You know, there's been times that it's been me that says, no, let's get it out there. That way uh, the birds can't backside us because they get over those, they get over those uh, decoys and it keeps them out in front of us. And then there's been times where Zach's like, no, nub it off there because they're getting decoy shy, let's say. And I'm just, I'm totally pulling this scenario out of my ass. Uh, Zach would be like, no, they're getting decoy shy, so let's just nub it off there. That way by the time they know that there's decoys, they're already in. They're already in shooting range. So it's just whoever pleads their case the best. Usually, there's no. With Zach and I, we've both been doing it uh, the same amount of time. We both pretty much got the same experience. I don't really think that either one can definitively say we're doing it my way and that's it because uh, we do have so much experience. So each morning is just kind of a case by case basis, and whoever makes the most sense in their argument usually gets their way. A would would you agree to all, that? A lot of times we're on the same page. I mean, probably most, yeah, most times you are. We we go some. I mean, we can show up to a field. A lot of times we don't even have to talk. We can just boom. He goes his way, I go mine, and right. everything's good. I mean, so. Well, let's let's talk about the 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 thing that I know that happens sometimes. And Zach, I'm going to ask you, and I'm not picking on you, Andy, because I'm going to ask you the same question. But I'm going to start with Zach. Has it been every time that Andy didn't call the shot that he should have when he was supposed to be oh, charged? Absolutely. <laughs> that that day that we discussed already where, where I called Andy a nerve-wracking son of a bitch and it was so stressful, that that was one of my big arguments is, is we had a lot of birds. They weren't necessarily finishing, 
But they were hanging over the top of us. I mean, probably 25, 30 yards high, just hanging there looking. Like I said, there's no wind. Birds are circling. So these birds are hanging up over us. And had I been calling the shot that day, we probably would have killed 20 or 30 more birds than we did because I would have called those shots because I knew. I, could, I mean, at this point in, in my career and Andy's career, we can read geese. I mean, we know what birds are going to do before they do it pretty much. Mm-hmm. He, being the vet he is, should have known, hey, these birds aren't aren't finishing like they should. I'm going to have to take what I can get. And I think I did say something to you, and you finally started calling some of those shots, and we started killing some birds. When he says that they're hanging hanging up over us, they're like six or seven. No, oh, my God, six or seven. These birds are coming at us 100, 200 at a time. <laughs> no, that is fake news. They – they were coming at us, and that's why I didn't call the shot, because there were two or 300 behind them. That's what oh. I'm waiting on. That's what we're trained to do, bub. Me and Jeff scouted the field the night before. He saw how the birds were coming off. And nice when flocks. And when the birds were hanging over us, there was only six or seven. I'm not going to call the shot that's, on six or seven geese false. when there's 200 behind them. It's not completely, happening. Completely false. Three yeah, groups of six is Blake Poppy, call in. Blake Poppy, call in. Okay, Andy, has, has, does it drive you nuts when Zach doesn't call the shot when he should? Zach doesn't call the shot when we're together. So you always call the shot? Most of the time. But most of the time we're kind of at the same. I'll admit, I mean, I get greedy sometimes. And most of the time, I mean, I'll, I'll. So Andy gets greedy a lot. Oh, yeah, Andy does, yeah. But, I mean, I do. We all do it. It happens. I'll, I'll fess up to it. I usually tell the guys, hey, sorry, I screwed that flock up. But And that happens. Anybody that's out there that says it don't, it's crazy. Don't it amaze you the client, though, who thinks he knows when to call the shot oh, always? yeah. I'm going to get every inch out of them I can. But and most if, of the time. we miss on a flock, we miss on a flock. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Most of the time, whenever you have the opportunity to get greedy on a flock, the hunt's going pretty well anyway. So, can't but sweat. This hunt was not going well. <laughs> no, this And was. I was getting greedy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, see there? He admitted it, folks. There you go. I'll ad- I 100% admit that there were shots that I could have called, but it was only sixes and sevens. Well, they add up, though. Real they quick. do. You got 15 but, guys shooting sixes and sevens. Yeah. You're going to kill them all. Yeah. And another thing that day, and another thing that day is they were hanging on one side. We've said it before. We try to get them centered up to where everybody gets a shot. They were hanging on our left side. So there was out of these fifteen guys that are in the blind, only three or four of them were going to get to shoot. And mind you, Andy and I were actually and Blake were sitting on the left side that day. So there's three so shooters the birds are hanging up on the on the call side. So what we ended up having to do is we moved Blake over to the far side of the blind because, like I said, we set up for how the wind was supposed to be. We set up the, th- the three callers would have been upwind of the spread, which is which is normally what you want to do. Wind died on us. We we're still all three set up there, so the birds are, are hanging up on the call. We move Blake to the far side and end up pulling the birds more right. over the entire group of hunters. That was one of the arguments was we've got all of our calling on one side, and that's where the birds happen to be hanging up. Let's put one caller down on the far end to drag them over. And I think we moved some – uh, we moved some flagging around. We moved the magic mics a little bit. We had, I think, all three of them were on this one side. Moved a flag over to the right side, and that yep. and it helped. It helped a lot of yeah. the problems. And in doing that, so like like we'd said earlier, you know, you got your birds coming on days like that, no wind, back off the calling. Well, and we ended up moving Blake over to the far side of the blind, away from us. So when we had those birds coming, Andy and I, we'd we'd pretty well just quit calling all together. And let, let, Blake let Blake just really hammer on them and try to pull them over. Yeah, let Blake drag them. So, do you But this all goes back to you got 
30 seconds. Go. Figure it out. Make who, a decision. Who is – not who. I know this. When you when you hunt together, you enjoy having someone else in the spread besides just oh, constantly. Absolutely. I hate hunting by myself. Absolutely. And he had to hunt by himself a lot this All the winter. time. I got I was like the redheaded stepchild. Did you this, just hang out by yourself? In this trio. You know that Jack and Blake hunted together, I would say five and a half days a week. They volunteer too for it all the time. Oh, I don't mind hunting with Zach. I'll hunt with Blake. You yeah, know, they they hunted together five five days a week. They got tired of being late in the morning. But I you know, I gotta say That's what it was. When you hunt by yourself, you don't got to split tips. That's the that's the only perk. But golly, it's a drag. Just hanging out by yourself. Yep. And, by, and that's another thing. I mean, well, Andy is probably not as bad because he has a dog, and I think that's probably a lot of the reason you did have to hunt alone. But whenever you're having to run down and chase birds and, and pick up birds, I mean, you get out of breath. So a lot of times, me being the slimmer out of Blake and I, by about 150 pounds, I'd I'd do all the all the bird dog retrieving. Well, and I'd come back winded so Blake could pick up the slack calling, you know. This is why I say there's no sense in getting in a hurry. You're going to get your birds. Just relax. You know because well, when you, know you well get back do. and you don't have a breath and you can't make a sound out of your call, you're no good to anybody. You're, you, you're dead in the water. You know as well as I do, there are a lot of days in Oklahoma where it is, you, it better, is hectic. you better get them killed sure. or – or it's 30, over. You're screwed. So sure. you got to you got to get them picked up and get them get well, them going. We we I've touched on this with Andy before. How do you enjoy having a client ride with you to the field? No, absolutely not. That's the worst. <laughs> that's that's my time. I think I, Andy said the same. I mean, that's I like to do what I want to do. I want to listen to my music, do whatever. You know, just get prepared. I like. I mean, most of the time I, I'm in a whole other universe on the way there. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. You know. What the wind's doing, weather's doing, all that. Just trying to get prepared. That way, then whenever we do pull up to the field and get out, I'm mentally ready for the thousand questions I'm about to be asked. I can answer them all. And you've kind of ran through every scenario. Well, exactly. You know? um, it's just your time, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But Guggenheim touched on this. If you haven't listened to the our Guggenheim uh, podcast, go do yourself a favor. If if you live and breathe waterfowl. Uh, which most of you do if you're listening to this, do yourself a favor and listen to the Guggenheim uh, podcast that we did last week. But he said it's easy to get lost in this because it, you know, you're you're so immersed in this, and it's seven days a week, and it's all you think about. And he says he gets to a point in the year where he's just like, I got to get away. I don't need to see anybody in camouflage. I don't need to hear a goose call or a duck call or anything. And that's kind of what that that drive to the spread is. That's kind of what that drive to the field is for us because it's every day. When we open that door, everybody's looking at us for an answer. And where do you want this? And where do you want that? And we're hunting with guys that this might be their second goose hunt that they've ever gone on. So we're hunting with guys that don't know what to do already. And then we're having to tell them how to brush the blinds. We're having to tell them how to uh, to set the decoys. We're having to tell them some of the time we're having to tell them how to load their freaking gun, which is not safe. But we do do it. So our time to the driving to the spread is a time where we're away from that. Because when we get somebody in the truck with us, they're asking questions. Which well, then you just to, no fault to, to no fault of their own because they're excited. And I also feel like I've got to entertain them. Like, hey, yeah. what do you do? And, oh, blah, blah, blah. How many kids you got? It's like having that buddy stay over at your house. You really don't want him to. You got. You feel like you got to Yeah, gotta you got to. Oh, I got to stay up and play Xbox with him tonight. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Do do you dread the groups that can't work? Because this is a, the hunts we sell. You help put out the decoy stuff, and it's not a hard work at all. No. But the guys that don't want to do nothing, they want to sit around, and then they don't understand why at first light you're running behind. Yeah. And if you're hunting with me, evidently you're already fucking running behind. And so I'd there say, you go. <laughs> I'd say, because I mean, whenever we show up to the field in Texas, we'll say we show up, we get the guys started on their digging, digging their holes, and then the guides will set the decoys. And as the clients finish digging their holes, we'll kind of help them, or they'll help us, you know, start setting decoys and all that. But when you get those groups that take all all freaking morning to dig their hole and barely even get that done, I mean, it it really slows you down, you know. Because yeah. everybody wants to get as much sleep as they can, so you guys try to make it as easy on them as possible. I've seen you guys go brush a blind at nighttime and take it to the field yeah. before. So all that's done. All they got to do is show up and we put some decoys out and we're ready to roll. And that's where having uh, two guides helps yeah. because the workload is kind of split. So you can you can really you can get that spread set out. <coughs> Excuse me, I just coughed into my microphone. I'm sure that sounded fantastic on the other end. Um, you can get the spread set out in a timely manner, and you can come back and start brushing the blind, which is the most important part yeah. of your hunt. And yeah, because if if you just left that solely up to the clients. You would have about six twigs That'd and one rant. tumbleweed yeah. in front of your. There's there's been countless days where it's felt like I put the whole dang trailer out of decoys, and then I spend the rest of the morning in a bar ditch cutting cutting grass, you know, and I can see the sun coming up. So then I'm just racing, trying to get that done because I don't yeah. I don't know what the guys are doing, but. But that's where having two guides kind of helps because. Um, <clears throat> If you are kind of lagging and uh, either if you're lagging and setting out the spread or if you're kind of behind on where you think you ought to be brushing the blinds, one guide can kind of uh, stop what they're doing and and go assist, uh, you know, whatever department you're lagging in. So having two guides definitely does help. Do you think that, Andy, clients can help too much? I think that there there are instances where – uh, I've, I've touched on this before and I, I, the last thing I want to do is sound, you know, like I know it all or whatever, but the clients that we have don't see what we see every day and they don't know, uh, what is working at the moment and what is not. So you get a guy that, let's say he's more than, more than experienced. He's, he's hunted for 15 years or whatever. In his area, he's the guy I'd want. In my area, I know what works. So, yeah, there are guys that kind of get out there and, oh, we're going to do it this way and that way. And and like just slow down a minute and let's kind of figure this out. So, yeah, I mean, there are guys that kind of help too much and maybe get in the way a little bit more. But Yeah, definitely. That's like, I mean, this last winter when I went up to North Dakota, I mean, I've, I've waterfowl hunted my whole life down here. That was the first time I've ever ever been up there, you know. In Nebraska. I, in Nebraska, yeah. I sat back, you know, said, you know, what do we need to do? Talk to the guys who, who hunt up there daily and know what's going on, you know, and, and took advice from them. So The basic spread is like a U, okay? So you get a guy out here that that's what he's running back at home, and that's all he's ever ran. You know, he hunts here in late December thinking that we're going to throw out the U. Well, guess what, bub? They've seen that since September. 
we're going to have to do something a little bit different than the basic you. And that's, that's just, like I said, I can't, none of, no instances are really coming to my mind. These are all hypotheticals, but you know, you're on a guided trip for a reason. Let the guy do what he does. He knows what the area, he knows what the birds want to see. So just let him freaking do it. And even if it's not a guided trip, even if you go somewhere to hunt with a buddy, you know? Yeah. I mean, if he's the one that scouted out the field, knows what the birds are doing, let, let him run the show. There's nothing wrong with, you know. I would rather take the back seat. In January, when I'm tired, somebody else run it. I'm done. I've, all my, I've, I'm done of ideas. I got nothing left. You got an idea you think will work? Do it. So, Zach, when you hunt with Andy, he uses his dog, right? Yep. So, do you ever take the birds out away from his dog? Uh, there was one time, I think it was not not this last season, but the season before last, opening day, uh, Lou, Andy's dog, comes bringing back this bird. Nice, barred up, speckle belly. Well, Andy, he was, I think <laughs> he was helping a client with a shotgun, maybe jammed on him. It was a nasty day, real foggy and misty, so we had a lot of gun jams. So here comes Lou back with his bird, and uh, so I didn't want Lou to bother Andy while he was helping this client. That's <laughs> so nice of you. So I just happened to take the bird from Lou, and it happens to be banded. Happened to take the bird. That band was sticking out from 100 yards out. Zach knew that some <laughs> bitch was banded when Lou picked it up. And I knew something was going on because, like Zach said, I'm doing, I'm off, I, I think I was working on a gun. You were. Zach could have tied the Olympic uh, world record in high jump the way he got out of his fucking blind. <laughs> I mean, he looked like Tigger. He springboarded out of that son of a bitch. And he, like, had that – like, he had a walk like he was about to shit himself. <laughs> like, I want to I walk fast, but I don't want to walk fast enough and draw attention to myself. And that's when I knew. I was like, oh, that oh, you could, you son could of a bitch. You thing coming. That leg was hanging. I mean, it was just dangling there. And that band was just – and, uh, and of course, Lou, he he's hard enough for any control. So oh, I'm fuck. like, Lou, Lou, get over <laughs> here, get over here. He finally came to me, and I jerked him out of, jerked the bird out of his mouth. And then Zach, I, when Zach grabbed it by the leg and immediately went to his hole, I knew. Pretty so, bird. So is it common for the guys to give me bands as they possibly can? Since we're being honest about everything right here. <laughs> Full disclosure. Uh. If you're on a guided trip, I'm going to fucking catch. Zach, you you tell them. I'm the one that does this show all the time. If you're on a guided trip and there's a band killed on that trip, there's about a 0.1% chance you're going to know about it. Because the guide's normally going to have that thing off the leg before he even gets back. You think it's common with all guide services is what you're saying? Every one of them. I can guarantee you. (laughs) There's a reason that the guides have all the bands. One time, the the one band we did kill this season... (laughs) We didn't kill very many bands this year. We killed one. That's all? One. That yeah, first and, day? And or? the clients did get it. And that's just because the hunt was so hectic, and the, one of the clients had a dog. And so we're having to run and pick up birds, all of us, and, and he ended up picking up the one that was banded. That was it. So if you want to get a band on a guided trip, the only chance you have is to have a dog with no, you. No, don't say that because then everybody's going to bring a dog, and well, that's no, not fun. Your only, your, only tr- your only chance is if we make a mistake and if we're too busy because there was <laughs> – my, I'm I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this. You and me were doing a hunt two years ago. Yep, I remember the hunt. And kill a limit. We're picking up, and Lou had actually gotten like seventy or eighty percent of the birds that day. 
and we're making the pile picture. Guys are bringing me birds, and I'm laying out the birds to take this picture, and I flip one of them over, and it's banded. And I quickly look around me. Nobody's looking. About 2.7 seconds, that thing is on my lanyard. And, you know, it was just so hectic. We didn't have time to uh, look at all the legs, and we actually saw it in the pile picture. But if a client had seen it, by all means, that's yours. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, that's, f- that's know, a finder's keeper. Style please deal. don't lose that thing because it's going to mean a whole lot more to me on my lanyard than it's going to mean to you in your uh, your well, condom drawer. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, so so say we do kill a banded bird. And I'm like, oh, hey, we killed a, you know, we killed a band, blah blah. blah. Yeah. How, how are we? How are we gonna pick? You're gonna have to draw shells. There's 15 guys there shooting. Who's gonna say, oh, I killed that one? No, it's a finder's keepers type deal. <laughs> if I find the bird, <laughs> it's mine. Well, they say possession's nine tenths of the law. Yeah. Well, so. so, and to make it clear, we've never had an issue where the guy had kept a bird. No, from the client. I've if never. If the client knows it, it's if there. The client it's knows it. It's yours, but, but like out of sight, out of mind. Most of the time, you're not going to know. I'm going to have that thing yanked and off so quick. And for people out the there. The real trick is when you shoot a, a neck collar, and I've done that before. <laughs> we that bird looks real <laughs> awkward when you're holding his neck and oh, legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, knocked the, we knocked the speckle belly down, and it fell maybe 150 yards in, in the kill hole. And this was before my dog days. And so I'm like, ah, oh, it sailed. I'll go get it. I didn't know it was banded, much, let alone had a neck collar. So I walk out there, and this was my first neck collar ever. And I was, I was maybe 15 or 16, and I, I walk up on this speckle belly, and it's got that, that neck collar, an orange neck collar. And I'm like, how in the hell am I going to get this son of a bitch past right 12 guys? No. Uh, it might be. We've got, a, we've got a neck collared speck in our lodge hanging. And uh, so I get, like, I'm game planning. How in the how am I going to do this? There's 12 guys looking at me. So I just, uh, <clears throat> I grab the neck and I grab its foot because every neck collar is going to have a, a, a leg band. Usually two. No, just one. Just one. Just a neck collar and a. And just a regular leg band. No. Uh-uh. Okay, go ahead. So I'm I grab the neck and I grab the foot and I'm like running back. I get about 50 yards away and I'm like, okay, guys, birds coming, birds coming. Get your covers on, get your covers on. And they're like all fiddling with that and trying to load their gun and stuff. And I just run right past them and just got to create a diversion. Tuck, tuck the neck under the wing and went in my bag. That's that's a day though. It was good to not have a dog because oh yeah yeah I mean, dog they don't, they don't know. That's like the day Lou brought the one back to me. He listened to me real good and brought me the band. He didn't know it was banded. It was just flopping in the wind for anyone to see. I realized that. Some people might be a little bit pissed off right now, but we are giving you full disclosure. Every pro staff everywhere this does is, this. Uh, God's or God's staff. This is uncensored, and this is what happens. I'm sorry to tell you, go hunt with uh, – if you want a band, your best chance is to hunt at a place where the guide already has as many as he can put on his lanyard. Because when my lanyard fills up, I might not give two shits about with Well, that, yeah, I probably will because my kids will want it. With that being said, though, like I said, I don't know how many we killed. What two or three thousand birds this season? Uh, more than that, three or four thousand at least. And one of those birds was banded. So we're not. I mean, we're in the central flyway. It's a stable flyway. They're not banding it near as often as they used to. And uh, so we killed. It's not like we're killing a band we every more day. Than two or three thousand yeah. birds. I think we killed about five thousand. Okay, we killed. Kill? We killed eighty nine hundred birds one year here, and we killed five bands 
And then I had one year that we killed 7,000 birds and we killed 80 bands. But that, but when me and Tony first started business in the early 90s, we used to kill a, a band for every 70 geese we killed. That was the normal back then. So if you killed 70 birds, you were going to kill a band on average. Some days you'd kill two or three. I killed four one day in a group. And not out of one group, four different flocks we kill bands of just a lucky day. But now it got in the last couple of years, we've gotten down to killing a band for like every thousand birds we kill. It's all luck anyways. That's yeah, all the damn thing it. is. I, I'll never forget uh, – Dane Raymolt and I, he was mentioned earlier, uh, him and I were on a hunt one day, and it was nasty, cold, I mean, snowing, sleeting, everything you can imagine, hard north wind blowing, slow day. It was one of those days that the birds pretty much just hunkered down. I mean, they may, you know, jump somewhere close to the roost, but, I mean, this front blew in and just held the birds down, so we had a slow day. Killed, killed three geese that morning. Two of them were banded out of separate really? flocks. Yeah. Really? I, got, I picked one up and he picked one up. Yeah. Wow. But the but but the customers that, that are out there, they're listening, thinking, God dang, you go on a band, you pay money, you go on a guided hunt, you don't even get to keep the bands. If you see the band, you get to keep the band. Finders but keepers. this is at every pro staff, every guide. And there's that one guy out there that's going to say, well, I guide, and I've never kept a cons band in my lifetime. Well, he's rare because there's not Guggenheim. very many of them. Ask Guggenheim. Now, we're gonna, now every, every outfitter is going to have all their clients jumping up. Picking birds yeah. up. Yeah, well, that's that's the truth, though. <laughs> if you if you go on a guided hunt and you shoot a band, then by gosh, the guide is going to get the band ninety percent of the time, unless you see it. Ask that's Guggenheim how many bands he swiped in his career. Yeah, everyone, it's it's common. But just, just being honest. Just for the record, though, band. I mean, I could take it or leave it. I'm to the point. I don't care. It's cool if I get one. Yeah, I'm gonna take it off and put it on right. a lanyard. But I'm not band hungry. So with that being said, we don't need eight or ten guys jumping up out of their blind that really grinds me even i mean not for the band purpose but for the purpose you need you get one or two guys get up chase birds down everyone else stays down because most of the time these set these sets of birds are coming at us you're all about being punctual zach yeah i've never noticed the big fat guys out chasing birds no, though. they usually don't but it, what I, as as to what i was saying we don't need the whole group of guys going out in the field picking up birds whenever we got another flock coming at us then everyone has to get back in get set everything else so that's what i have to say about that i agree i mean it you know time and a place baby unless you're tony tony loves when clients go pick the birds up <laughs> well i'm he a just noticed chubby chubby in the middle big section. guys going to do yeah. it T tony's tony's favorite is when he has a group of young guys this is his favorite quote all right all you young guys go pick the birds up <laughs> that's right they get lots of running yeah. I'm like, what so, the fuck? Tony? So, so how, how do you guys get these bands in these A-frames? <laughs> we hadn't had that issue yet. We didn't kill one. <laughs> I could do it. I no, mean, he you said, do well, it. "How how did you?" But we didn't we didn't kill any other A-frames last year, did we? No, we you didn't. got to get it off before you get. So right I guess in the layout blinds, it's a lot easier. Yeah, you just throw oh, it in yeah. the blind with you. I, that's <laughs> what I did. Bring it into the blind with you and start um, calling. Or tell Andy, to, "Hey, start calling," and then I'll pop the sucker off. Carry a, if you carry a quarter. Here's a trick on how to get one off. Real quickly, if you don't have a knife or something, because you can cut yourself, just get you a coin and stick it in where the where the where it crimps together. Twist that coin and it, voila, or like a like a virgin on prom night. Or use the brass on a shotgun shell. It, it does go. the same. Yeah, just Is be careful. Don't don't bump the primer and. Well, blow I'm your saying like off. a spent shell. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach was trying to be funny about me going to get birds, but every time I'm guiding and I get a band, I always give it to the other guide. I don't remember the last time that happened, Tony. 
you know, uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'll tell you a band story. One t- uh, a story, <clears throat> one long, long time ago, Matt Sullivan was guiding for me, and a guy named Smokey Rathburn. And Matt said, told the guys in his group because Smokey was a band whore and a half. He was probably as bad as there was about getting them. And so Matt told these guys, he goes, "Watch this! I'm gonna get Smokey's good." So M- Matt bought a fingernail file at Allsup's, one of those little cheapies, and he took over to it and he banded it, wrapped it around a goose. He told him, he "said Watch this shit." And he goes over, picks up geese. He reaches over and he, he puts it down there and he leaves it on the ground where its legs up where you can see it. And he kind of walked off a little bit. And Smokey was probably about 20, 30 yards away from. Him. He says, "Smokey, is that a goose over there?" Oh yeah. And Smokey kind of walking. All of a sudden, he knows his fucking band. He reached <laughs> over and he grabs it and he starts walking away from everybody. And he's looking down. It, it took him a minute to. <laughs> figure out he'd been had yeah. and he well he didn't like that shit he didn't think it's near as funny as everybody else did but like, band, being a band whore is pretty common in the guiding business like i said i'm not i'm not a band whore but if i see one i'm not gonna i'm gonna take it but i'm not gonna fight anybody over it because no. if you see it good for you it's just a piece of metal That's now I, I did go through a point in my career where if somebody else got a band i'd be like that son of a bitch it's my turn but and and that's comes and goes. That's something else as as guides that that we do, you know. Say we're hunting, and yesterday I got a band. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day we shoot another one, and I and I pick it up. Well, I'm going to give that that band to Andy. That's just kind of how it it's works. It's just common courtesy, is what yeah. it is. Common courtesy, take it from the customer and give it to the Listen, other guy. Listen, we're not that's <laughs> there. we're not Boy Scouts here. Now, we also to us a trophy now is a weird duck or goose. Yeah, that's more of a trophy oh, than I'll a band. That yeah. motherfucker. Now, that, those get hit all the time. I put too. it in my bibs on the walk back to the <laughs> on the walk back to the spread. Yeah, if yeah I have you're to. not gonna. Yeah, sorry, bub. You're not even gonna smell this bird. <laughs> Well, did you pick it up? Nah, some bitch wasn't out there. Yeah. I don't know where it went. Meanwhile, it's in my waders. You get a you get a hybrid bird, duck, or goose of some sort, and unless you see it fall, by gosh, it'll end up in the lodge somewhere yeah. on the wall, and be like, "When did y'all shoot that?" Oh yeah, we always hunt last year. I mean, the day before y'all got here, yeah. we shot that. Sorry. Yep. All right. Well, sorry, people. Well, Zach and Tony, I know you, Tony, you didn't talk much. Well, hold on. Okay. What is we've talked about, Zach and I. Uh, we haven't even gotten to y'all's rivalries. What's some of the what's okay? Put you on the spot. What's the nastiest argument that you two have gotten into? Here pr- on a professional level, not personal. Hey, you took my candy bar in fourth grade. In a professional setting, what's been your worst? I don't have a clue. We are we Tony takes care of his stuff and I take care of my stuff and we don't Okay, are most of your arguments are they has somebody else dropped the ball leading up to it like yeah, yeah he's usually sitting over there by the window <laughs> by the f- fireplace like has, like has a guide messed something up and that leads to an argument or is it just no, something we're usually on the, the same log? page that time there's sometimes that tony i'll get on to dad sometimes and tony will get on to me for getting on to dad and tony doesn't know how to talk to people very well he's not good at that kind of stuff and i'll get on to him about what he says tony gives in about like you do my biggest beef with jeff is jeff is a perfect business guy Office work is great, but when it comes to physical labor outside, we've been farming for 15 years, and he still don't, still don't know how to start the tractor. Well, I'm not arguing with him about that, though. That's just common sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't. There are things we we do different things. Well, okay, so what was this argument that you were alluding to earlier? About Dad? No. When you said that you two were going at it and a client walked in, you were in the old building. Oh, shit, I don't even remember. Probably hunting and getting up early. Somebody getting up doing this. I'm sure I didn't do something. I get bitched out about mowing all the time out here. Jeff told me three years ago that he was going to help me the next day mow, and I'm still waiting. And I'm going to help him tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't. I mean, we don't have. We don't. We don't do the same things very often. I mean, we argue about some things, but we don't like we used to. We used to argue. We're older now. Last time I whooped his ass, we were arguing. 
and I took a portable phone and hit him upside the head with it. And he laughed, and I said, fuck, that's the last time I'm going to hit him with anything. Well, that was a boring answer. I mean, I just don't have one because we don't argue that much about that kind of stuff. Well, I'm always right. He's just always wrong. And he finally realizes that, and he stops arguing. It's kind of like arguing with your mom. It don't do any good to argue with him. We don't. Me and Tony don't have a lot of arguments like that anymore. As we were younger, we did. And it was the same shit you and Zach argued about. Oh. We hunted together. We, we, you know, we scouted together. We've, we've had arguments over... Deer feeders, hog feeders, probably putting them places. We've argued over customers and shit, but we don't argue much on that stuff. We had an argument earlier this morning. He was going to unload one of our goose trailers and just throw everything on the ground and then go use the trailer and come back and load everything up in the trailer instead of organizing it into the decoy room, which should be done. He just wants to unload it, load it, then load it back. I'm glad he brought this up. This is the stupidity of Tony right here. We've got a decoy trailer. It's full of decoys. That from I this. begged okay. to unload in February. Don't, don't get in the middle of our always argument. always busy. Don't get in our argument. Y'all okay. could have unloaded it. Sorry. So anyways. No, you kept saying you were going to help me. Yeah. Well, don't let me hold you back. So anyways, I'm going to take, I got to go down and pick up some new furniture. So I'm going to go, go use it tomorrow. So we're, it's going to be unloaded in the morning. I'm going to come out here and pick the trailer up, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to load them back up in the trailer. If it's so freaking important in the decoy room, why ain't they in there now? They're safe in that damn trailer. So they've been there a whole year. So what's the difference of me unloading them and putting them right back in there? Why would you do that? Where the fuck am I going to go put them at? Organize the decoy room. I ain't going to organize the whole damn trailer for one trailer loaded decoys. They're fine. Uh, there's two trailers out there. You can do them both. That ain't happening either. It's hot. Well, it's 100 and something degrees. To me, I don't understand. That was our argument. We did have that argument this morning. I still today do not understand what the hell if I put them right back where they're at. What the difference is? They're stored there. Right, mice and rats can't get into them. I don't have to worry about being in the decoy barn where there might be a rattlesnake. Correct. I'm not getting in the middle of y'all shit. (laughs) You told me to stay out of it. Okay, folks. I appreciate everyone listening, and I want to thank all of our sponsors: Dive Bomb Decoys, 737 Game Calls. Or 737 Duck Calls, William and Chris Vineyards, and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If we Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, we wouldn't be here because we are at the Big Honker Lodge. So I appreciate everyone. I would like everyone, if they, if you would, go to iTunes, go to our main page on iTunes at Big Honker Lodge Podcast, and give us a review. Write something down and say, listen, you know, Jess fat ass. He talks too much. I don't care. Just write something down. We know you've been there. And if somebody writes that down, I might send you a, mat, a mug for writing that. But I do appreciate it very much. And God bless you. And we got to say, Andy. Just the same thing Jeff said. Thank you to our sponsors. If it wasn't for you, uh, we'd still be doing this. But <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the listeners. Follow me at Instagram at Andy underscore Shaver. Jeff's using my pictures, so don't even worry about following him. Anyways, God bless you and have a great day. Tony, what have you got to plug? We don't have to cut it off that quickly. We got nowhere to I, be. I think you have done a good job of it. So, no plugs for me today. Zach, what do you got to plug? Oh, well, I don't have anything for myself to plug. Well, you don't other, want people to follow you on Instagram? Other than my Instagram, I have been picking up some followers. You're welcome uh, for I that, I think it's Zach Shaver 9. But uh, just thanks for everyone for, for listening and downloading. Guys, go go support our sponsors, you know. Buy you a duck call or buy you some decoys or some wine. Whatever it is, go out and, and support these guys. So, uh, and, and thanks to all the sponsors. Thanks for helping us out. And let's just keep on keeping on. I got one more thing.
take your kid hunting. Go buy him a hunting license and take him to the gun range and support the NRA. All right, folks, that's it for today. We're going to be back on, I don't know. I don't know when we'll be back. Tuesday night or Wednesday. We'll have the world-famous Jerry Copeland on. So he's going to tell you what habitat you need for your uh, quail hunting. So tune in for that. It should be a good one, maybe fair at best. I whip his ass in fantasy every year, so this it'll be a good one. See you guys. Have a good week.